I am doing this not for vanity, not for losing weight. I am doing this because I don't want to get cancer. I want to be strong. I want to clean up my dishwasher and it gets you through to the next day. I turned 50 y'all and I started a podcast. Really age is just a number. It comes down to how we choose to live and the choices we make in our life and those things accumulate. Don't let the programming of life keep you from doing things every single day that, that make you happy. When we feel good, it's easy to think good. Life is not happening to you. You are your life. You are happening to your life. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing my experience with something called the fasting mimicking diet and the book that it's based on and the book and the research that it's based on called the longevity diet, which is right here. And it's by Dr. Walter Longo. Um, and I recently completed this five day fast. And during my five day fast, I read this book, um, for the second time, I first came in contact with this information, this book, this research, this fast around four years ago. The book was released in 2018, and I'm, I'm not sure if my friend Kara found this and recommended it to me or if we both found it through one of the podcasts we were listening to at the time, but both her and I have completed this fast multiple times in the past, and then I think I mean, as far as for me, I haven't done it in four years. <clears throat> so um, before I get into it and um, talk about um, the the book, um, the physician, the research, and the diet, um, I just want to say that I'm absolutely not a physician. Um, I do not have a healthcare background. I did not study physical health in school. Um I, you know, please do not take anything I'm saying as um, medical advice. Um, and please also forgive me um, that I may use terms in a slightly incorrect way, um, you know, or or summarize um, research or ideas in a way that is not um, um, as the, um, you know, researcher or the physician intended. I'm doing my best. I'm a lay person. And this is just, um, this subject matter is so fascinating to me. Um, this whole area of anti-aging, reverse aging, pre disease prevention. And, um, so I'm approaching it from my lived experience and my summary of the book and the research that's contained in it. And you can take, um, this information and do with it what you will. So having had said that disclaimer, um, first I want to talk about um, Dr. Walter Longo. So as I mentioned, he launched this book uh, four years ago in 2018, but let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Longo is an internationally recognized leader in the field of aging studies and related diseases. His discoveries include the identification of some of the major genetic mutations that offer protection from aging in many common diseases. He is a professor of gerontology and biological science and director of the Longevity Institute at the School of Gerontology at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, a prestigious center devoted to teaching and research on aging. He is also director of the Laboratory of Oncology and Longevity at the Institute of Molecular Oncology in Milan. 
Professor Longo received the Nathan Shock Lecture Award from the National Institute on Aging in 2010. In 2013, the Vincent Cristofalo Rising Star Award for Research on Aging. And in 2016, the Glenn Medical Foundation Award for Research in the Molecular Mechanisms of Aging. In 2015, after a number of his papers were among the most widely cited in the field of biomedics, Time Magazine called him the guru of longevity. So this guy has been um, studying longevity, anti-aging, disease prevention for over 20 years, Um, currently the director of longevity at USC, and this is the book, The Longevity Diet, that he wrote and published um, four years ago. So basically, the, the premise of the book and, and, and his research in life, his, really his mission in life, is to figure out how people can remain functional humans through into and through their 90s, right? Um, I think the average age span of um, people in the United States is about, I don't know, 79, 78, 79, 80. It's around 80. Um, and I don't know about you, but I would love to live well into my 90s as long as I, you know, could still walk my dogs and, um, you know, go out to dinner and um, remember who my family was, right? I want to have a healthy brain, a healthy heart, healthy muscles, um, just the ability to enjoy life. And, you know, my, as I've mentioned in prior podcasts, my parents both died of pancreatic cancer. Um, my dad at the age of 49 and my mom at the age of 65. So way off even the average mark of 80 years old for, for people in the United States. So, you know, I'm very interested in, um, you know, looking at ways to, to live healthfully into and through, you know, my nineties. Um, so that's what kind of brought me to this information. And this is what his book is really about. And his whole, whole life, his whole research is figuring out how we can, um, deactivate the cancer and disease causing genes in our body and activate the protective anti-aging genes in our body. And he absolutely believes that the number one way to do that is through the food that we eat. And I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, what's happened in our society, I don't know over how many decades, the, the pharmaceutical you know, um, companies, but it's not just the companies, it's the whole culture of this idea of pharmacology, um, you know, taking a pill in response to something that's happening physically or even emotionally in our body, as opposed to looking at the, the inputs that's, you know, pressing the buttons in our biology to create the conditions of cardiovascular disease, of um, diabetes, of um, cancer, of autoimmune conditions? What are the inputs? What is happening in our environment that, that may be acting alone or acting upon our genes to create an environment that will cause disease? And then therefore, how can we manipulate those data inputs, right? Speaking of for example, how do we, how do we reduce stress? How do we eat in a way 
that is protective um, of our health, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what his that's what his whole emphasis is on. And he believes that we can exploit our body's innate ability to regenerate itself at the cellular and organ levels, specifically using lifestyle interventions, first and foremost being the food that we eat. Um, so just to summarize some of the research that he goes through in the book. So this book is all about the history of the research that all of his findings over the course of two decades, not only his own research and his team of researchers, but also surveying all the known data. So meta-analyses. So a meta-analysis is when you have research researchers go through all the thousands and thousands and thousands of studies on a very specific subject and they compile all of the evidence and come up with a summary of of the findings. So that's one way to analyze data that's been um, collected over a long period of time. And then you can do your own research and he has done both. So, and then he puts it all in the book. Um, so um, one of the things his laboratory discovered was that there was a clear connection between nutrients, the food we eat, and longevity genes, which can be activated to promote cellular reprogramming and regeneration, and an organism can then stay healthy longer. So our nutrients can affect our genes, which affects disease expression. Specifically, he says, one of the first things he he points out is that sugar was found to be one of the nutrients responsible for aging fast and dying early. Ooh. Now, his research on that specific instance was on yeast. So he does a lot of his research on yeast, which is a very, very simple organism, and he does a lot of research on mice. And then he eventually tested his um, fasting mimicking diet on humans. Um, but a lot of this early research was on, again, yeast and um, mice. Sugar was found to be one of the nutrients responsible responsible for aging fast and dying early. Mm, if that's not a reason to give up sugar, I don't know what is. Um, furthermore, there's an issue with protein. Sugar from his book, sugars and proteins affect key genes and pathways widely recognized to accelerate aging. So protein has an effect on IGF-1 and TORS6K, um, and high levels of those are shown to be pro-cancer in adults pro-cancer, pro-disease. And then sugar accelerates aging and disease with the RASPKA uh, gene pathway. So his, his, his research in his labs started showing him that there was an issue with proteins and sugars and what they did to click on genes that we don't want turned on um, because they're pro-cancerous, pro-disease. He also found in his mice studies, other studies, uh, that by applying cycles of a fasting mimicking diet with an autoimmune disease, they reduced the number of autoimmune cells while, while also activating regeneration and damaged tissues. So his research, they were, they were 
determining what foods turn on the disease processes, what foods turn off the disease processes, and or the pathways that lead to the disease state. And then they also started experimenting with fasting and then fasting mimicking. So the difference between fasting and fasting mimicking is fasting is when you don't eat. You don't eat anything. You're fasting. Fasting mimicking is when you you eat very small amounts of very specific food that basically tricks your body into believing that it's in a fasting state. And so therefore you would the idea is you would still get all the benefits, all of the health benefits which we'll discuss from the fasting mimicking diet that you would from complete fasting. So this is what they were experimenting with mice. And they found even with just the fasting mimicking diet that they were able to reverse autoimmune um, disease in mice. So he, through his research, through his clinical research, through the, again, the meta-analyses that he did through, you know, all of times studies of people and what they eat and 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 how that affect their disease processes and I'm not saying this quite right but he did an analysis of all the literature then he did his own research and then the other thing he did when he was kind of creating this plan of longevity diet is he looked at what we call um what they call the blue zones so, and again, I'm going to summarize this from a layperson's point of view, but the blue zone areas are very specific locations around the world. And for example, one of them is Sardinia, Italy. Um, another one I believe is in o- Okinawa, Japan. Actually, I think Okinawa, Japan has the highest, most, the best blue zone. But anyway, there's these several areas all over the world that they have the highest concentration of centurions. So centarians being people who are living over a hundred years old. So these blue zones all around the world have the highest concentration of people that are a hundred, 102, 104, 107, and there's a lot of them. And so these groups have been studied by many different organizations and different people. Um, there's been books written about them. I think Dan Butner is the is the researcher. Um, that first um, coined the term blue zones and has written several books on these blue zones. But these blue zones people and these centurions are the pe- some of the peoples that Dr. Longo um, studied as well to find out what are they doing to live well into their hundreds, right? Because the, um, they're past 90, they're in their hundreds. What are, their, what are they eating? What is their lifestyle like? You know, are they in community? Um, you know, what is their stress level? What is their all of the aspects of their life? And so, he used a lot of um, his dietary guidelines as well as his movement guidelines based on centarians um, in the blue zones. Um, another um, aspect that. Um, trying to find where the blue or where the five pillars of longevity is. So he based his, his, um, diet and his book on the five pillars of longevity, which I've just talked about three of them. 
um, the five pillars of longevity and the solid, consistent scientific and clinical evidence they provide. The method is based on his own studies and also the studies of many other labs and clinicians. It uses five research areas to determine whether nutrient or combination of nutrients is good or bad for health to identify the ideal combination of foods for optimal longevity. So just getting back to what he found through all of these aspects of his research was that he found that high protein intake causes the activation of the growth hormone receptor which in turn increases the level of insulin and insulin-like growth factor one, IGF-1. Okay. So now we're, he's finding a direct link and, and this is not only based on his research, but I, I also did my own separate research, what he was citing. And there is a clear link, um, between IGF-1 as adults and cancer risk, for example, um, and diabetes and diabetes. Altered concentrations of IGF-1 are associated with diabetes and cancer, respectively. By reducing calorie intake, particularly reducing calories from protein and sugars, you can decrease the activities of the growth hormone receptor and thus um, the known um, uh, things that accelerate aging. So this is really interesting to me because I think when I first read this book, at the time, I was, a, I was a vegetarian. I was a pretty strict vegetarian, except I would eat fish uh, maybe one to four times a month. And other than that, I was completely plant-based. I did, I'm sorry, I did eat eggs and I did eat some cheese. Um, but the only like meat was fish once in a while. And so then I think when I read this book, you know, this made a lot of like, it just resonated with me because I was already a vegetarian. And basically what it's saying is limit your protein specifically, and most importantly, limit your animal protein, um, um, so that you can reduce these, um, you know, growth factors that are a known cause of disease. Right. Um, it's more complicated. And I think sugar at this point in the, in the common milieu of our society, we all know sugar equals bad. We know this kind of in our brain. We know that that resonates. That makes sense. Um, so I think sugar is the easy one. I think the conflict for me and for a lot of other people is this idea of protein, plant protein versus animal protein. And then you've got red meat protein from beef compared to, you know, turkey or um, chicken or fish, right? It's, it's, everybody's arguing about the different kinds of protein. When I was a vegetarian, this was pretty easy. I read the book. It all makes sense. It's right in line, right in line with my lifestyle. I'm all in. Well, about a year and a half ago, I started introducing um, meat into my diet. And um, this, I've talked about this already on the podcast. It was partly because I was, my body was changing. I was going into menopause. I mean, I was already going into perimenopause, but I mean, my hormones started changing and my thyroid was starting to go out of whack and I was feeling tired and, um, and, Lock, last, lack of focus. My had brain fog, and I was seeing a naturopathic doctor at the time, and she was like, "Listen, I get it. I'm a I'm a 
strict pescatarian as well, almost vegetarian. And I'm looking at you and I'm telling you right now, you need to eat some more animal protein. You're not getting enough protein in your diet. And so I did, I started to eat some meat and now a year and a half later, I've just, I, for multiple different reasons, I just feel so much better. And I think the, the animal protein has really helped, um, me get the protein I need. So, and, and then I have also mentioned on the podcast before, um, of three months ago, my boyfriend and boyfriend and I decided to go on the paleo diet, which is, you know, basically meat and veggies, it's fish and veggies, it's chicken and veggies, it's turkey and veggies, it's beef and veggies, pork and veggies, all of the meats and veggies. And you don't eat plant protein from beans, legumes, um, you know, and you certainly in the paleo diet, you give up sugar and bread, which so, so for the last three months I've been doing, you know, all kinds of animal protein and veggies. We've been doing clean, you know, clean, clean, clean food. I'm feeling really good. And then I read this book again, cause I want to kick my health up to another level again, to prevent disease. I know what can happen when we fast the, these amazing processes happen, which I need to talk to you about. That'll be next. Um, so I read this book and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm down for this fat. I'm down for this five day fast. I can totally do it, which I totally did. I'm going to explain that to you as well, but I just want to let everyone know I am conflicted. Just like a lot of people are conflicted. Do I eat plant protein? Do I eat animal protein? Can I find a balance? You know, I mean, paleo is paleo. So it's like when you're on paleo diet, you don't eat beans. You don't eat beans and rice and lentils and, you know, you just don't eat that stuff. Quinoa, none of it. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with this. I think right now where I'm at with this is um, I'm going to mostly stick with the paleo diet and then do my fasting mimicking diet um, multiple times per year. So maybe three or four times per year. So I'm going to explain the rotation of that in a moment, but I just want to acknowledge that there is, there is a raging debate and there has been a raging debate between people who think, you know, meat is fine, especially if it's clean meat and, you know, humanely raised, um, you know, grass fed pasture, you know, lived in a pasture, eaten in moderation, clean meat, no hormones, no antibiotics, and some people who think, no, you know, or the science that this guy is saying, which is animal protein bad <laughs> and eat a lot of beans and rice and whole grains and, um, you know, and veggies. So the struggle is real, but none of that has anything to do with the fasting mimicking diet. So let's also just differentiate between the two things that I'm talking about. Dr. Longo, through his research, has put forth and created this longevity diet, which, which is a way of living, a way of eating every day to be the most healthful and to prevent disease for adults between 18 and 65, which basically is a vegetarian diet, plant-based with some fish. Okay. That is what his longevity diet is. So there's that. Then separately, 
he found, as I mentioned earlier, that there's great benefit to periods of fasting. So three to five days of fasting and that there is a way to actually create a fast that's called a fasting mimicking diet, again, that you do for three to five days, that your body, it tricks your body into thinking you are fasting because you, I'm not going to know the science here. It doesn't raise your blood sugar levels. It doesn't activate your insulin or whatever. There's, you know, no, I don't know what the answer is. He's devised it, proven it in a lab that you get the same positive effects from the mimicking diet, fasting mimicking that you do from a fast. Okay. So there's two things here. There's a lifestyle diet that he, that he puts forth as the way we should eat for, for longevity. And then separately, once a year, all the way up to once a month, you could do a five day fast to turn off disease processes, turn on regeneration and prevent, you know, help you prevent disease and, and, and improve your longevity. Okay. So those are two separate things. So, um, let's talk about, um, the, the fasting mimicking diet, because this is, this is really what I wanted to talk about, but, um, I wanted to give some context about how we got there. Okay. The fasting mimicking diet, what, what, what we know from research, um, not what we know, what he, what, what he puts forth in the research and his summary of the research in his book is that there are, um, to, to, to show that your body is in a fasting state, um, there are four major changes in the blood that need to happen to get you into protective fasting state. You need to lower levels of the growth factor IGF-1, lower levels of glucose, higher levels of ketone bodies, and higher levels of growth factor inhibitor IGF-BP-1. Now, in his mice studies that he did doing this fasting mimicking diet, it showed that periodic fasting promotes stem cell dependent regeneration in the immune system, nervous system, and pancreas. I'm going to say that again. Periodic fasting promotes stem cell dependent regeneration in the immune system, nervous system, and pancreas. The fasting itself destroys many damaged cells and damaged components inside the cells, but it also activates stem cells. Once the mice begin eating again, these stem cells become part of a program to regenerate the organ or system with the newly regenerated cells, bearing characteristics of younger, more functional cells. They actually showed, where did I have this? It actually showed that, um, oh, in their mice studies showed the ability to regenerate pancreas cells, which is really amazing. Okay. So the design of the fasting mimicking diet, how, why, why does that, why do we want to mimic a fast instead of five day fast? Can you imagine saying, okay, let's do, we're going to get all of these benefits, all of these protective benefits. All you have to do is not eat for five days. I mean, how many people would sign up for that? And how many people would like leave the fast on day one, day two, day three, day four? It would be, it would be, I mean, there are, there are facilities in the United States and around the world where you can go to, to complete a fast, right? It's like a wellness center. You go 
and it's like a water fast. You can do five, 10 days or whatever. And there's clinicians there and they, you know, monitor you, but not eating for five days, um, is not for the faint of heart this is for the serious, serious situation. So most people are never going to do that. Um, plus it's really not safe, you know, outside of a medical clinic because there's so many things that can happen. So the fasting mimicking diet allows, we just read it here. It provides sufficient calories to be safe outside of a clinic. So you're eating enough food that you're not going to like pass out and faint and like, you know, get in an accident driving your car. Sufficient calories to be safe. It's going to provide a variety of food so that people can enjoy it and stay compliant, stay on the fast. Um, it's 100% plant-based, which he's all about. And he set it up so that it's equally as effective as fasting, if not more so. So that's pretty good. That's why he's creating this protocol um, so that people can complete the fast and get all of the benefits. Now, the fasting mimicking diet uses the following processes. So this is what the fast allows or promotes the body to do. It switches all cells to a protected anti-aging mode. It promotes autophagy, which again is when your body eats the dead cells and dead parts of the cells, it's like cleaning up your system. We've talked about this on the previous podcast. We want autophagy to happen. And, and uh, it's supposed to happen on a daily and nightly basis when we sleep. But again, as, a, as adults, the older we get, the more toxicity we're exposed to and the crappier we eat, it's harder and harder for that dishwasher to work. The analogy that I use is you have a dishwasher, you load it up every night, all day long, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with dirty plates, right? You know, some people don't rinse their dishes before they put them in the dishwasher. Okay. Pretend you're eating gunky, crappy food all over the plates. You don't rinse your plates. You put them in the dishwasher and you run the dishwasher. Well, the dishwasher's for the first five years is going to get your dishes clean, even though you're leaving all that food on there. But what's going to happen over time is that the dishwasher is going to get gunked up with the old food and all the grime and grease that was on all your plates for the five or 10 or however many years. And then the filter inside the dishwasher is going to be completely clogged. And then what's going to happen is you're, you're, you're going to keep running the dishwasher, but the, 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 the dishes don't get clean anymore. So the dishwasher loses its ability to clean the dishes. So by doing a five-day fast, basically what you're doing is you're taking out the filter, you're rinsing it clean, rinsing it totally clean and putting it back in the dishwasher so that it can now clean your dishes every day again, right? So there's two ways to attack the problem. One, you can rinse your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher every day and also clean the filter once in a while, right? Or you can just clean the filter once in a while, but what do you think is going to work best, right? So it's the same thing with our, with our lives. Like we can get, you know, reduce our sugar consumption. Like how about, why don't we reduce it by 50%, by 90%, whatever, reduce the sugar. We can, um, you know, minimize red meat. We can eat mostly plant-based. We can definitely get rid of like crappy bread and baked goods and, you know, like all the processed food. We got to let go of processed food. Do that and fast once in a while. I mean, think about how great our personal dishwasher is going to work. It's going to be able to 
to, to get rid of all of the toxins, all of those dead cells, um, and just stay clean and pristine and in regeneration mode. Okay. So that's my big soapbox of regeneration. That's promoting autophagy. The other thing that the diet, uh, the, the fasting does is it kills damaged cells and replaces them with newly regenerated cells. And it also shifts the body into an abdominal visceral fat burning mode. So the fast puts you in fat burning mode and visceral means the fat band around our tummy, our hips and our, and our back. So incredibly important. Um, now I mentioned that he did, um, studies on yeast. He, he did food restriction on yeast. He did this food restriction on mice. I'm sorry. And then he came, created this fasting mimicking diet and he tested it on humans. And, um, it's pretty incredible. They did 100, they, a randomized study of 100 patients carried out at the USC medical center had impressive results. Participants who adopted the fasting mimicking diet for five days per month for three months. So they did it three months in a row for five days. And this is what the results were. On average, people lost um, five pounds. Much of that was from abdominal fat. Eight pounds from abdominal fat. Glucose, their glucose, their blood glucose level had a 12 mil, uh, milligrams per deciliter decrease. 12 milligrams per deciliter decrease. Um, and, 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 and for people who were pre-diabetic, it returned them to a normal blood glucose level. So it took them from pre-diabetic to normal blood glucose, three cycles of fasting. Blood pressure, it reduced their blood pressure by six points. Cholesterol, it reduced their cholesterol uh, by 20 milligrams. This doesn't say what kind of cholesterol. This must be total cholesterol, 20 milligrams. Um, but it did say lower here that um, a 25 milli milligram per deciliter decrease in triglycerides. Um, IGF-1, this is the, this is the cancer promoting, um, growth factor IGF-1. There was a 55 nanogram per milliliter decrease, 55 nanogram per milliliter. Now I'm reading this summary from the book and it doesn't say like what the statistical significance is. So this is kind of like lab, you know, research results for, for dummies, because, you know, as a person, I know that you, you have to have to know if this is a statistically significant result, like 12 milligram per deciliter decrease in glucose. Well, out of what? Like, is that a 1% decrease? Is that a 10% decrease? Is that a 20% decrease? So it's a little misleading, um, or it's a little, it doesn't have the information we need to like really understand. Um, if it's, I am extrapolating that this is incredibly statistically significant because he's basing his, he's basing his entire practice research book and diet on it. Um, C-reactive protein, which is a sign of acute inflammation. We've heard a lot about C-reactive protein in the last five years. There's a 1.5 milligram per deciliter decrease 
And it basically was a return to normal levels with participants with elevated CRP. So I think that's important. People with elevated CRP, so inflammation levels are high, doing this, doing this fasting for three months in a row took their inflammation markers down to a normal range. That's huge. It took their blood pressure down six points. It returned their blood glucose levels to a normal range as opposed to being pre-diabetic, and they lost eight pounds. They lowered their cholesterol. So this is what happened. And um, so, you know, that's enough for me to try it, right? Um, I'm, I'm really interested in using my body's dishwasher. I want to change my filter. I want to use my dishwasher. I want to clean my cells. I want to regenerate new ones. And I want to live past 65. And I don't want to get pancreatic cancer. So that's what's up with this. And let me tell you a little bit about my results. First of all, I'm going to show you what it looks like. So you get a box. And by the way, nobody's paying me for this or like, obviously I'm not like nobody's sponsoring me, but I just really believe in this thing. But here you get the Prolon box and then it has a box for each day. So like here is box one for day one. So basically all your food, everything you eat in this day is all in the box. And there's a little menu card that shows what you eat each day. So you can see there day one. Day one is you get the nut bar. You get a nut bar in the morning, some herbal tea. They give you an algal oil, probably to keep you regular. You get, you know, so this is some algal oil, some probably a multivitamin because you're restricting what you're eating so much, right? So you get the nut bar in the morning, some herbal tea. Um, lunch is a tomato soup. This stuff actually tastes pretty good. Tomato soup. Um, and then you get some, I think these are almond crackers to eat with your soup. You're going to have another soup for dinner. You're going to have minestrone at dinner. Um, and I usually just split the crackers between lunch and dinner. And as a snack, you get some um, olives. These olives are actually really good. They're actually from Italy. They're really yummy. And that's all you get. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. There's also, I think on day one, you get a little, maybe not. Oh, yeah, you do. You get a uh, a little chocolate bar at the end of the day. It's quino It's a quinoa thing. It's not really like a chocolate bar, but it's kind of flavored chocolatey. So actually day one, gosh, I forget day one, you get a lot of food. But uh, so it's about 1,000 cal calories on day one. And then day two through day five is about 800 calories. So some days they leave out the chocolate bar. Some days they leave out the olives. Some days they leave out the um, crackers. So it's, it's soup every day. It's some kind of vegetable soup every day, sometimes the crackers, sometimes an olive, herbal tea. You don't eat or drink anything else. You're allowed one cup of black coffee in the morning, um, and you can have the herbal tea and, of course, unlimited amounts of water, um, absolutely no alcohol, obviously, and no other food. So it's, you know... <sighs> 
because I've already been on the paleo diet, right? On the paleo, I'm already not eating any bread or sugar. Um, I'm already eating just veggies and meat and I'm, and alcohol is only reserved for like when we go out to dinner. So I'm already like pretty clean going into this five day fasting. Um, and because they give you all these little things, you're eating at least three times a day and these, you know, little, that gives you a little snack. You don't feel deprived. Um, you're, you know, if you can keep your mind on the reason why you're doing it. And again, in my case, it was, it's absolutely to turn off disease processes. Excuse me. So when I'm in the middle of my fast and I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to even think what sounded good at the time. Um, whatever, you know, my boyfriend was eating or I don't know if at some point I wanted pizza. I don't remember. I think by day three, I wanted a glass of wine, but, um, you keep your eye on the prize, which is I am doing this not for vanity, not for losing weight. I am doing this because I don't want to get cancer. I want to be strong. I want to clean up my dishwasher and it gets you through to the next day. Um, and you, and you get through it. Um, I'm really, really excited that I made it through. Um, the, I learned about by day three, that the trick is just staying really busy. So, oh, and, and I also, it, re, they recommend that you don't like do high intensity workout, but I, I do, I kept my personal training appointment all three days. I did, um, you know, I, a five-day week, I did the fasting. I had a three workouts, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I did them all. We didn't go crazy, um, but I completed my work workouts, and I walked the dogs every day, and I was fine. We were paying attention to make sure I wasn't getting um, lightheaded or anything like that, and I didn't. Um, but the key was to stay busy. So I would do my workout. I would walk the dogs. I would, you know, I did my Christmas shopping that week and got my Christmas tree and went and got my ornaments, and I... Um, I organized, you know, I organized the walk-in closet and I went to the Goodwill and I scheduled, you know, some personal appointments and, um, I think I taped a podcast and planned for that and, um, just kept busy because then you find yourself and it's eight o'clock at night and you're drinking some herbal tea and you're just watching a show and you're just like, when's it time to go to bed? And I get to wake up in the morning. And that's what I think I wanted to tell you is, the sleep, and I'm going to take a screenshot of this and put it um, in the in the video so you guys can see it. But as I mentioned in my last um, two a couple of podcasts ago, when I was talking about my aura ring, um, it tracks my sleep and it tracks something called readiness, and it tracks my heart rate. It tracks all the things, and. I don't, I'm going to just kind of show you, it's going to be hard to see, but I'll, I'll, sh I'll print it out on the, or, you know, on the video, but can you see those five days of solid blue in the middle right there, where I have a really low resting heart rate, those white circles are the resting heart rate and the blue towers is my readiness score. So basically what that means, I had a high readiness score, meaning my body was just raring to go every time I woke up and my resting heart rate was low. It was 49, 50, 50, 47, 48 as an average resting heart rate for the entire day. Can you imagine having a resting heart rate at 50? 
Do you know how many people have a resting heart rate of 50? It's very low. Then compare it to the last five days where I was eating normally. You can see my all the blue the blue towers are all much lower. My readiness score was much lower, and my resting heart rate was higher. The white ball. So my resting heart rate was 55, 56, 55, 55, and my readiness score was much lower. Why? What have I been doing the last five nights? I had a, a, a two glasses of wine the night before. Uh, we, I had some licorice that I was eating after dinner, watching TV. There might have been some peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's that that happened. Um, my friend showed up with a freaking nothing bunt cake for for a Christmas gift. I'm like, this huge nothing bunt cake shows up. So of course I'm gonna have a piece of that. But what does that do? That raises my resting heart rate. It affects my sleep. It affects my readiness. And I believe it's lowering my immune function because all of those things are impacted. But but when I was on the fast, woo, I mean, low. Uh, well, obviously, I had low blood sugar. I had probably no, no sugar in my blood. Low resting heart rate, high, awesome sleep, high readiness score. I was ready to take on the world. I lost five pounds in five days. That was definitely not my goal. Um, I knew I would because you're basically eating a thousand calories a day, and my my maintenance caloric intake per day is probably like nineteen hundred, um, eighteen nineteen hundred. So by going cutting that in half, basically, I'm going to lose weight. Um, what what um, Dr. Longo's studies on the people that did the fast for three months in a row is that they kept the, they kept the majority of that the weight that they lost, they kept it off. So I'm already back two more pounds up, but not all five. Not all five have come back. I mean, I feel good, um, and it and it did affect my visceral around my waistline. Um, and again, that was not the primary focus, but that is going to be a side effect is you are going to lose weight. You're going to feel amazing. You're going to sleep really well. And all of these internal processes are being affected, you know, with, with, um, our genes. So it, let me see if I have any other, the aura, my results, how it went for me. Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, it was the perfect time to do the the fasting mimicking diet between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, just because it took five days out where I wasn't going to be going to a party or going out to dinner or drinking or eating cake or cookies or any of it, giving my body a break. We're rolling into the Christmas holidays now and, you know, we're really trying to make good decisions every single day and we're, we're going to, we're going to be Okay. But I think in January, we might do it again. When I say we, um, I think my boyfriend and I are going to try to do it in January. Um, um, and maybe just those two times. And then, you know, maybe in May, maybe we'll do it again, you know, a couple times a year, um, which is all he recommends for people that are already in healthy ranges. I mean, I, I went and had my physical, uh, my annual physical with my physician a month ago and all of my levels, he literally told me, I mean, all of my markers were improved base, base b- compared to six months prior. 
And I think that was a direct result to being um, on the paleo diet and drastically, you know, changing my sugar intake, my alcohol intake, all of those things. Um, so I'm already, all my markers were already, you know, high, 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 good, not high in the, you know, really, really, really healthy levels. So for me, this, this fasting mimicking diet can really just change the filter out of the dishwasher a couple times a year and, um, you know, really help my body not turn on those, um, cancer genes. I don't, I don't want those cancer genes. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and grateful to have this, this, this body to play, um, as a human being, uh, for as long as I can. I hope this was helpful. Um, and I really encourage anybody who's interested in the benefits of fasting to look into the Prolon fasting mimicking diet, because it's a whole hell of a lot easier than, um, not eating for five days. So with that, I will leave it. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please message them to me and um, forward this to anybody you think could benefit um, from a health perspective from either the longevity diet or the fasting mimicking diet. And no matter what, try to make today and every day a good day to die. <laughs>